Is it Halloween already? Do you know what my people call this past year? The long Halloween. Maybe not, but we've still got some treats. You're the politically correct, astute, sexy, nude poser. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Tuesday, July 27th. We're counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. NBC is planning a five-episode Days of Our Lives limited series titled Days of Our Lives Beyond Salem for its streaming service Peacock that will unite past and present stars of the long-running soap opera. Actors to be featured include Lisa Rinna as Billy Reed, Deidre Hall as Dr. Marlena Evans, Drake Hogeston as John Black, Jack A. Harry as Paulina Price, James Reynolds as Abe Carver, and Billy Flynn as Chad Demera. NBC notes that additional beloved characters will be involved in the miniseries. And here's the official synopsis. Over a long weekend, John and Marlena travel to Zurich. Ben and Ciara have a romantic getaway in New Orleans. Chad visits some old friends in Phoenix. And Abe, Paulina, Laney, and Eli vacation in Miami. All find themselves embroiled in a mystery involving stolen jewels, which in the wrong hands, could cause dire consequences for Salem. It's a race against time for ISA agent Billy Reed as she crosses the globe in search of this missing treasure. Oscar-winning actress Ellen Burstyn will reprise her role from The Exorcist in a sequel to the William Friedkin-directed horror classic. In the original 1973 film, Burstyn played Chris McNeil, the mother of Reagan, a demonically possessed child famously portrayed by Linda Blair. The new film will star Leslie Odom Jr. and be directed by David Gordon Green. The yet-unnamed sequel is slated to hit theaters October 13, 2023, and the plan is for it to be followed by two more Exorcist films. For more on those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. All right, let's rock and roll with today's top three picks. Number three is the latest episode of PBS's In Their Own Words, focusing on the father of rock and roll himself, Chuck Berry. The hour-long episode will explore the life and legend of Berry, who helped pioneer rock music with such hits as Maybelline, Johnny B. Good, and the appropriately titled Rock and Roll Music. Beginning in the clubs and bars of a deeply segregated St. Louis, the episode follows Barry's rise to success, his controversial relationships with women, his battles with racism in the music industry, and much more, all adding up to a riveting ride on the Chuck Berry train. Here's a clip. Chuck figured out he could never make as much on record royalties as he could playing live. He knew that it was on the radio when he had a hit. He could tour. Chuck left St. Louis after Maybelline became a hit and performed in front of rabid teenage crowds. The lay folks didn't like it. What's he doing with these white children dancing with these other Negros? They just didn't want black and white folks to get together. And they knew that at a Chuck Berry show, you can't stop kids from partying, you can't stop kids from dancing, and when you got that music and they want to hear it, they don't care who they're standing next to dancing. And the authorities and the powers that be didn't like that. And that made Chuck even more powerful, I think. They knew that he was entertaining white audiences, they didn't like that. They knew that he was making money, they didn't like that. But he knew he had to work. 
So he continued with his career. You heard the voice of Darius Rucker in that clip. The episode also features interviews with Keith Richards, Robert Cray, Slash, and more, as well as Barry's widow, son, and grandson. Music fans won't want to miss this one. Check your local PBS listings for tune-in info. Number two. Now let's head back to Gotham City for our number two pick, Batman The Long Halloween Part 2. DC's animated adaptation of the classic Batman comic book series continues with the holiday killer who's been picking off the city's gangsters still at large. As Batman fends off attacks from Carmine Falcone and Gotham's rogues gallery, Harvey Dent attempts to end the mob war while also dealing with a strained marriage. But after an attack leaves Harvey horribly disfigured, his villainous alter ego Two-Face is unleashed, leading Dent to take the law into his own hands and deliver judgment to those who've wronged him. Here's a clip. Idiots. They think it's you. Who are you? You know who I am. No, I... You sound tired. Why not let me take the wheel? I don't know what's happening. I'm sorry no one told you, Harv. Told me what? You're dead. If you couldn't tell, this story was a huge influence on Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. But The Long Halloween's final twists and turns will still surprise fans of that blockbuster and even viewers familiar with the original comics. Part 2 is available on digital platforms right now. It's trivia time. Josh Dumel voices Harvey Dent in The Long Halloween, but which legendary screen actor was offered the role in the classic Batman animated series? Dustin Hoffman, Robert Duvall, or Al Pacino? Stick around for the answer. And our number one pick, What to Watch, will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Put on your dancing shoes, which are hopefully also good traveling shoes, for this next segment as I welcome EW's Alaman Johannes back to the podcast. Hey, Alaman, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? Doing great, thank you. So let's get into it, shall we? Alaman, please tell everyone what you're watching. So I've been watching Jiva, which is a South African series on Netflix. Um, it is about Natombi, who is a very talented dancer whose road to success was derailed by a family tragedy. And when viewers meet her, she's working this kind of like dead-end job at an aquarium and feeling pretty stuck, but like has stepped up to take care of her family. And so when this new dance competition comes around, she gets a crew together and has like a second chance at like the life she's always wanted as a professional dancer. And so yeah, so it's a nice 
mix of wonderful, really fun, vibrant performances and just really kind of messy drama, which is nice. But at the end of the day, it's this show that prioritizes joy, which I think is really fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it does a pretty good job of delving into some pretty complex topics. You have some sort of corruption. You have the loss that her family has experienced. But there's still this really great kind of through line of fun. Mm -hmm through, you know, the dance competition, the performances, the varied and interesting personalities of all the people that are participating and in her life. And so it really just kind of has this, like, great package of all these great components. And it's just five episodes of just a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. So admittedly, this is one that has, uh, you know, flown under the radar for me, but it's fairly new on Netflix, just released in June. Based on everything you're kind of saying... Is my assessment here correct? Tell me if I'm not, that I, I feel like maybe there might be some like step up vibes here. Yeah. And so I think there's a little bit of the, you know, step up glossiness and just kind of like performances that sometimes pop up out of nowhere. But I think the dance competition houses a lot of that. It's a lot of like we're performing, but it's practice and, you know, they're around to the competition. And so there is that step up element but i think what kind of bumps this up from my perspective and it's something like really great to watch is the way that it mixes the other storylines and the drama of it all it gives you kind of mm. i'm trying to like nashville in that way where there's the music and the live uh, and, yeah. and i think this show does that but it mm -hmm. does feel like the tv version of step up in the way that you have these kind of like big elaborate performances but i would say the other thing about the show is that it really dives into the different styles of south african dance and because of that you'll see less you'll see flips and tricks and things like that but it is just kind of like vibrant movement and everyone moving together and it does feel a little bit more contained than i think what we've seen in those types of projects but that what's that adds not just authenticity but it adds just kind of like something you can hold on to and just really enjoy visually because the colors pop, the music pops, and the dancing does as well. Okay, Alamon, I have a question that's certainly related, but a little off topic. I want to know, because I know you watch a lot of international television, how do you pick what you want to watch next? That is a very good question. <laughs> I would say that I look for the things that I like in all the shows that I kind of watched growing up. So whether it's like an action piece or just the, you know, YA genre or a mystery or a thriller, like there's stuff that I've always enjoyed watching. And so I just kind of find the show from other countries that fit into those genres or kind of fit those molds, whether that's accurate or not, just kind of like how they're presented to us. So like prime example, now that we're talking about South African shows is Blood and Water. And it was kind of positioned as like, a South African version of Elite. And is it that? Not really in terms of, I get the comparison, but because that kind of introduction presented to me, I checked it out and I enjoy it. And so like it's kind of finding what you like and then just like finding what other countries are making in those genres based on the way that you'd kind of find any other show. Like if you like, you know, A, B, C, and D are kind of like it, so try it out. It's a little bit of that. I just look everywhere when I do that. Makes total sense. All right. Lastly, before I let you go, really important question. English dubbing or subtitles? Listen, it's, it's subtitles are nothing for me personally. I, I love them. Right. I'm right there with you. And on a closing thought, I did want to say for anyone who watches Jiva, which everyone should, it's a lot of fun. If you love the music, Netflix did a really good job of putting all the songs on playlists on places like, you know, wherever you find your music for the most part. 
And so you don't have to track down all of the songs. <laughs> you can find them in a lot of those hubs and kind of get, get to enjoy what you've heard after you've watched the show. All right. I love that. Thanks for that extra tidbit of information there. If uh, all of you want to watch Jiva, it's available to stream on Netflix. Thanks a lot, Elliman. No problem. Anytime. And now time to head to the actual Gotham for our number one pick, The Real Housewives of New York City. The wives are finally back in the Big Apple after their trip to Salem, just in time to celebrate Ramona and Sonia's birthdays with a joint party, featuring some familiar eye candy from earlier this season. Here's a clip from the episode. Hi, Kurt. How How are are you? you? Looking fabulous and gorgeous as ever. Oh, so nice to see you. Who that man? Is there a man here? Oh my god, that's the model. The male model from the, oh my the painting. God. He is so cute. Is he is he gonna be nude tonight? I don't know. He has a beautiful penis. He has a very nice penis. Oh, yeah. It's well, a very good size it was, because it wasn't. Fully it wasn't hard. fully it was right. Still, it was kind of flaccid, but and it's still it was beautiful. still chubby and nice. Yeah. I almost forgot I saw his. It's amazing. That's a feat. Because it was nice, you know. Hmm. Not sure that's what we meant by joint party. Elsewhere this week, Ebony continues her search for answers about her family history, and the women join Luann to record her new holiday song for charity. But Leah has some questions about legalities and the proceeds. Also, Luann and Ramona continue to express concern about Sonia's drinking, while Sonia and Ebony get back in the boxing ring with Martin. There's a lot going on this week, folks. It all begins tonight at 9 on Bravo. And lastly today, the answer to our trivia question. Which legendary screen actor was offered the role of Two-Face in Batman the Animated Series? Dustin Hoffman, Robert Duvall, or Al Pacino? Did you flip a coin to choose your answer? The correct one is Al Pacino. The Godfather star turned down the offer, and Night Court star Richard Maul voiced Two-Face instead. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch. Today's episode of What to Watch was written by Tyler Aquilina edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Crockmall and Carly Usdin.